Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Split Division Podcast. I'll be your host tonight, Eli Berkovitz. I am here with Gerbs with the Lions, Jared with the Vikings, Nathan with the Packers, and we have a special guest tonight, AJ, filling in for Max, covering the Bears. Thanks for taking the time, AJ. AJ's been here before. For anyone who has not seen him, he's been here before and done great, so should be a good show ahead. We got, yeah, some pretty interesting games out of all of our teams this week. Um, we had a divisional game and some close finishes with the Packers and Lions. So a lot to break down from there. But before we get into that, I guess the only big piece of news out of the division today would be the Packers activating Alan Lazard. Looks like he'll finally return. Uh, first time since week three, I believe, right, Nathan? Week, yeah, week three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. So, I mean, the Packers this week, if Lazard plays, will have, for the first time this year, their top 11 starters on offense. They're 7-2, and two, and they have yet to have all 11 starters on offense at any point this year. So, it should be fun uh, to see how that works. But before we get into uh, how the Packers are going to move forward, let's look at last week's game and uh, I guess we'll start. We'll start with the Lions because that was a pretty exciting game. And Gerbs, why don't you kick us off with yeah your weekly Lions roller coaster? <laughs> yeah, so roller coaster is the perfect way to describe this game because I mean the the momentum for Detroit really started early. You had I mean Washington got the ball first. You got like a beautiful Romeo Quara sack that wasn't like a coverage sack. It wasn't just, you know what? It's like, no, he actually applied pressure and got to the quarterback. It's a mind boggling like discovery. I didn't know they defensive linemen could do that. And (laughs) it turns out they can. Uh, So Aquara gets a sack. Then we get on to the next drive. And like immediately you have that Stafford just 55 yard bomb to Marvin Hall, which that's what he's good for is one 50 yard catch a game. But, you know, like, so, you know, momentum was going early. Things were looking good. It was 24 three at the half. And then the defense just decided to give up just like they always do at halftime. And all of a sudden, you know, this game is what? 27, 27, like with 16 seconds left on the clock. So, just the defense, I mean, all I saw were missed tackles. And it's been the the same issue this team has had all season of I saw Everson Griffin, you know, get both arms around Alex Smith. Griffin's on the ground and Smith is still on his feet. And I'm just like, how did that happen? You know, like these guys whiff at tackles so badly where it's like you see them coming and it's like they'll bear hug the dude and somehow not be able to take him down. And, like, just finishing these tackles is what these Lions, like, defenders need to do because it's just – it's getting worse and worse as the season goes on of watching these guys just blow it. But to talk some positives because, I mean, we did get a win, and a win is a win, no matter if it's, you know, eking out a win against Washington, the football team. But, um, I mean, this was – one of Stafford's best games in a while, 276 yards and three touchdowns. The team didn't turn over the ball once. Fantastic. Um, And then, I mean, DeAndre Swift, man, 81 yards on the ground and 68 yards on five receptions, a touchdown. Just, I mean, he hurdled a dude. (laughs) The guy was standing up and he jumped over the guy. It was beautiful. So there's, It's really nice to see when, like, this is Swift's first credited start this season. And when you don't try to make Adrian Peterson a thing, our offense rolls really well with DeAndre Swift. And so, I mean, and even, like, all of a sudden we minimize Peterson's role, and he has four carries for 21 yards. That's over five yards a carry. And, yeah, it's only four carries, but, like, we turned Swift into a workhorse with 16 carries. And it worked for our offense. The offense was doing great that whole time. And, yeah, I mean, just the way everything went, this is the Lions' first win without Kenny Galladay all season as well. So looking at how they finally incorporated Marvin Jones in there, Marvin Hall is, again, always good for one good just deep bomb. It was disappointing to see Hawkinson got no playtime whatsoever. I mean, he was on the field a lot, but, like, had – 
13 yards on two receptions. So a lot of a lot of good on the offense, a lot of terrible on the defense, but a win is a win. So <laughs> can't argue with that. Um, yeah, so the Lions, bottom line, ended up getting a win in a crazy game. Uh, as I said before the show, I beyond regular reasons of wanting the Lions to lose, I really wanted to see Alex Smith win his first start. But that didn't happen, and the Lions win. So what, you're at four and five now? Yes, we are four and Just five. So we are facing yourself perfectly to get a bad draft pick and miss the playoffs. Awesome. <laughs> um, you mean you mean placing off perfectly to get a nice second half of the season boost into the playoffs? Yeah, that's I'm sure because the Lions are known for their second half surges. That's for sure. Oh. Um, <laughs> but but let's jump into the Packer game and a game that. You know, me and Nathan both expected to go a lot differently. Packers still got the W, but Nathan, what did you see from the Packers, and why do you think it was so close, and how it all went down? Yeah, I mean, it was ugly. Um, we, yeah, we both, a lot of people just weren't extremely happy with the win, and I know we're we're spoiled that we can do that with wins, and you know, we can win games and still be upset. But I, you know, bottom line is, okay, cool, they got the win. It's at this point you have to just in those games you got to find ways to win, stay atop the you know division standings, the conference standings when you're in a playoff race and stuff. You do what you can do to get the win, but it was not in terms of the you know for the long term it was not a promising game. Um, some some really stupid mistakes. I know the weather was bad, the you know it was windy, and it's just one of those games where you know it does level the playing field a little bit, but. You still expect them to not need, you know, a fourth quarter comeback to beat the Jaguars at home. But, I mean, offensively, it was kind of a weird game. Like, Rodgers played pretty well. Um, it, was, it wasn't a game where the offense really sucked. They just made a couple big mistakes. Devontae Adams had a couple drops at the beginning and then had that fumble. Um, we had the we had a lot of punt return touchdown. Um, so those two plays were huge where it's like those are, you know, huge plays that take it from, you know, the Packers, I don't want to say controlling the game, but, you know, they could have been controlling the game had they not allowed a punt return touchdown. And if, you know, Adams doesn't fumble, Rodgers doesn't throw that pick, which is very uncharacteristic of him, it could have been a much different game. But, I mean, they just made a couple big mistakes. Um, the defense was not terrible. Like, they somehow, like, I felt like the defense almost kind of won us this game, but they almost lost it for us at the yeah. same time. It was kind of just a weird game. Um, Patton continues to do a ton of three-man rushes in the red zone, and, like, it's just never works. I, I saw, I don't know if you saw the tweet where, like, um, on their, on plays where they, you know, do three-man rushes in the red zone, I think they it's, like, they've allowed, yeah. you know, touchdown, touchdown, drop, touchdown, yeah. touchdown. It's, like, Awful. it never works, and they just keep doing it. Um, so it's still frustrating on that end. I did have a, my, my main ripe and i read about this afterwards too like someone else had wrote in wrote an article about it they uh lafleur seemed to run it too much on early downs for me when you're going against the jaguars and i know it was windy i know you can't really chuck it deep like you might want to on some plays but it was um they, they the jaguars have one of the worst pass defenses in the league their run defense is bad but not terrible and they ran it just too i, I thought too much on you know first and second down I thought they should have came out kind of like what the Bills did against the Seahawks uh, last week, where they, on early downs, they were passing, 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 because it's like you're going against a team that their pass defense is awful. That's just how you beat them. And I thought we weren't as aggressive as I wanted us to be, but Rodgers still, you know, had a good game, had three touchdowns, had a fourth call back, which is, again, really frustrating, that holding call at the end of the half. That play was so, that throw. I know, I was, was so excited. Sick. I was so I mean, excited that I saw the play. Call away a different one. Like that play would be in highlight reels for a while. Yeah, that one yeah. I was I was not happy with that. But um, other than that, individual performances. Uh, MVS had that 78-yard touchdown. End up with four for like 150. So he's. I mean, again, I, I don't really know what to think of him because even on that touchdown, he almost dropped it. It was wide open and yeah. <laughs> almost slipped through his hands. So I still don't know what to think of him, but it's promising that he's making plays and at least showing something. If we can have him, you know, just just catch the ball consistently, be a guy that, you know, when he's open, he catches the ball 
And then you with Lazard coming back and Adams, if they both stay healthy. Adams got hurt in this game for a little bit, yeah, and then he came back. Yeah, but, um, I mean, if he can step up, it's huge. Like, I think he's kind of an X factor for our offense. And then, again, Lazard is too. It, it all depends on the guys behind Adams. If they can step up, it, it really changes things. But, I don't know, it, it was a weird game where the defense wasn't really good. The offense was... It's like the defense wasn't good, but almost won us this game. The offense was better, but like I would say the defense was the thing that almost won us this game, even though the offense was better. It was kind of, it was just kind of a weird game. So Yeah, I mean, they played the Jags, so it helped. I mean, the defense, for me, like they didn't necessarily perform terribly, but they also played the Jags and didn't really make many game-changing plays. You had the yeah. one interception which really was just Tyler Eifert slipping on his face. Like, if he didn't yeah. fall, that was not going to get picked off. Like, it was a good read by Amos, and maybe he would have hit him on the catch and knocked it out. But I, looking at the All-22, I don't think he would have picked it off. But, yes, the defense, I mean, they played good enough. And it seems like even with, I mean, not really. I mean, they, they somewhat put pressure on Luton consistently, but but not a lot. But I rewatched that entire game, and I counted – 13 times Packers brought more than five men on a drop back by Luton. And you're talking about a guy in a second career start on the road in bad weather conditions. And you're not, and you're rushing four, rushing three, rushing three, rushing four, rushing four, giving him all day to throw a clean pocket. The only way you're going to lose to this guy is by allowing him to just stand there without pressure and beat you. You pressure a young, inexperienced QB, he makes mistakes. It's just that's how football works. And Mike Pettin for the first 50 minutes of this game, did absolutely nothing about it. He played soft zone. He didn't bring any pressure, and that's why they were losing. And then I went and I rewatched the fourth quarter from about the nine-minute mark until the end of the game. So basically the Jaguars' final two drives, they, they got rid of the zone. They played man coverage, bump and run at the line, and they didn't even necessarily bring more than four rushers, but they were just more aggressive outside as defense. And this is what uh, Luton did in those final two drives. He had four short completions, all under 10 yards. He had five incompletions, and he got sacked twice. The rest of the game, he was not sacked. He was he any incompletions he was throwing was purely off inaccuracy, pressure or tight coverage. But Petten, I don't know if he made that adjustment. I don't know if. LaFleur said something to him, but that's what he needs to be doing. He needs to be trusting his corners. And this was without Kevin King and Jair Alexander, by the way. This is Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman, who was starting at corner. And he trusted them in the final quarter, and that's what paid off. And I think that's what eventually led to the win. But real quick, to talk about Kadar Holman, Matt uh, Gerbs, I know your former your former Toledo <laughs> uh mate i don't know what that even means but yeah he's been he, he's been low-key good for the packers uh in a couple uh appearances this year he's had to play versus atlanta when kevin king got hurt and he played really well and then he played he started um he started on sunday and i'm trying to just pull up his numbers here yeah and real quick while you do that like this is a guy who in practice went against Deont- uh, Deontay Johnson every, you know, every yeah. practice yeah, for Toledo. four years. So, like, you know, it's that's just he – was, he, he was Toledo's starting corner for that whole time. Deontay Johnson was there this whole same time they were. They were drafted the same year. Like, Holman, Holman has a lot of – I mean, I wrote so many uh, draft, like, draft profiles on him and, like, report stuff just because I was there being able to scout him. And, like, I mean, I saw so much upside. And you picked him. Packers picked him. The Lions had like it was like the 264th pick. Why or Packers had like 265 and Lions had 266 and you picked him in that spot between the two Lions picks. I was so mad. But <laughs> well, well yeah, he's been pretty good. I mean, he hasn't played a ton, but right now quarterbacks are only completed 46% of uh, passes when targeting him and what's more surprising is that out of 192 qualifying cornerbacks in the NFL, He's 18th in tackling, according to PFF. So he's a good tackler. He seems to be pretty good in coverage. He didn't really, you know, have any blown coverages on Sunday. So I'm excited about Holman. 
So that's that's defensively. Look, I'm still a bit annoyed with Petten. I think he needs to blitz more. He needs to trust the secondary. Hopefully he does that. And then offensively, I mean, Nathan, you said you thought they should have thrown more, which, which I can agree with because the Jacks' uh, secondary is terrible. But throwing or passing, regardless, I just don't think Aaron Jones was involved as yeah. much as I would like him to be. Oh, for sure. He ended, up, sure. He ended up getting eight, uh, 18 touches, but he only had 13 carries. It was very spread apart. It's like they're not they're not using him consistently where he gets in a rhythm. He comes exactly. in for especially a early, like it was like that stretch in like the late first quarter, early second quarter where like he wasn't out. I was like, where is Aaron Jones? Yeah. Yeah. It was like I, all I was Jamal like, and then and I know Jamal's a great pass blocker, but Aaron Jones isn't a bad one. And obviously Aaron Jones is a great receiver. Jamal is also, but I mean Aaron Jones just does things with the ball that Jamal can't do. And I think he needs to get more touches. He needs to be more of a focal point of the offense, especially if you're dealing with bad weather. So that bothered me. Uh, other than that, yeah, Devontae, it's funny. Devontae had a bit of a down game, and he finishes with eight catches, 66 yards, touchdown, and it was probably the worst game of his season that he started and finished. So MVS, biggest thing for him, no drops, caught four of six targets, 150 yards, and a touchdown. And like Nathan said, he's just going to be that wild card. If he can stay somewhat consistent and make a couple big catches a game behind Lazard and Adams, that'll be huge for the Packers. But if he keeps dropping it or or he's just not making plays, it's going to be hard to take the top off a of defense uh, down the stretch. But they got the win. It was ugly. But, look, they won 13 games last year winning ugly. So I'll take one this year. And uh, now, now let's get to the division game because this was the most fun game for me to watch because – I mean, it was like they were both so bad. It was it didn't even matter who won. But let's we'll start with the winner, and and Jared, and and you can give your side, and then we'll get AJ's defense. <laughs> um, well, to start out, um, Adam Thielen. I'm gonna start with the bad stuff first, okay? Um, Adam Thielen had two huge drops. That one led to an interception. The other one should have led to an interception, uh, and like. Big big parts of the game where they were really driving down the field, um, and then you get the Rudolph uh, fumble headed right towards the end, or when they're really close to the end zone um, on that first drive, which is really big for us to score on that first drive against uh, Chicago in Chicago because the Vikings always struggle there. Um, but then Hitman got the interception right after. Um, special teams is just a disaster. It's like the most sickening thing I've ever watched. Uh, you get two bad snaps two weeks in a row, um, two block punts last week, constantly giving up good field position on kickoff and punts, um, give up a touchdown, which is the only touchdown that the Bears scored that entire night. Um, it's just like you can't you can't allow that kind of stuff to happen. Marwan Maluth, the um, special teams coordinator, is really on the hot seat after two really 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 bad weeks on special teams. Um, now the offensive line was another thing, which it was, it was expected against the bears, you know, um, bears have a really good front seven. You're going to expect a little more pressure than we've seen in the past couple weeks here. Um, so they did look worse, but I mean, you expect that going against a team like them, uh, run blocking, especially struggled. It seemed like Dalvin really couldn't find a hole at all to get through. Um, it seemed like he was bouncing off of the outside most plays. And then um, pass blocking was a little bit better. Um, only allowed one sack on Kirk. You saw Kirk moving a lot more in the uh, backfield, which was something that I really like to see because something that he's really lacked in doing uh, throughout his career. Um, Dalvin wasn't awesome, uh, which, I mean, saying that he had 112 yards and to say that he wasn't awesome that game really is a testament to how well he's been playing this entire year. Uh so now the good stuff, uh, Jeff, Justin Jefferson, still really just he's definitely the, he's got to be the best rookie re- receiver in the league right now. I, I can't think of anyone who's close to him even right now. Um, you go for 135 against the Bears defense. I mean that's a overall just it's a good defense all around. I mean there's not much bad you can pick out of that. Um, and then he really was getting into Fuller's head there for a little while. That you saw him jawing with him a little bit. It was kind of funny to watch. Uh, Kirk was really showing a lot of emotion, which you don't see out of him. He's usually like a marble out on the football field, just nothing showing. Um, but he was yelling, he was excited, and it was fun to watch him uh, get all excited like that. 
Um, and then you get DJ Wanham and Hercules Mata'afa, who are uh, our edge rushers right now, who are both really playing really well. Um, I heard people saying yesterday that Hercules is one bad Mata'afa, which <laughs> definitely. I actually, I saw his name. Maybe it's just because his name is Mata'afa, but I feel like I saw him all over the field last night. So. Oh, no. He, he was, that was definitely his best game because um, he was a defensive tackle. They had him put at defensive tackle, like a three-tech spot. And he never really got any playing time. They had him play defensive end yesterday. And you saw him all over the field yesterday. He got a sack. Um, His name is Hercules? Hercules Mata'afa. He was out of the draft. He was a defensive end in college, too. Yeah, and then they switched him. Vikings tried some positional versatility with him and then realized, hey, let's put him at the position we drafted him at. Yeah, and you put him at the position that he was playing in college, and he plays great. Hey, hold on. I'm sorry. This is really off topic, but did you guys know there's like a prospect coming in pretty soon? His I name knew is you were going to say that. You're the so coldest cool. to ever do it. That's his name. <laughs> what? His, I, love it. I think it's his middle name, though. It's, his first name is the coldest. His middle name is to ever do it. Oh, my God. I that saw. Awesome. Wait. Oh, my God. Years ago, I saw like there were videos of him coming out of high school. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how old he is, or like what the deal is, yeah. or where he goes. But his, I, I don't know what his last name is, but it's Best the coldest to ever do it. So. It doesn't matter what his last name is. This <laughs> guy Crawford, to ever do the it coldest to ever do it, Crawford. The coldest. <laughs> the coldest. Yeah, the coldest. And he, he, is, he just committed. He just committed to LSU. <laughs> I want to have a kid so just so I can name them something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was off topic, but uh, go ahead, Jared. Um. But DJ Wanham yesterday at five, and I get that it's the Bears, it's the Bears offensive line, which isn't good right now. Um, But he had five pressures, a sack, and two QB hits. Um, And that's for a fourth round rookie that we got this year uh, that uh, Andre Patterson was huge on going in the draft. And it seems like he was definitely right on him so far. Um, And he's actually tied for third uh, amongst uh, rookie uh, edge rushers for pressures alongside the second, seventh, and 14th overall picks in the draft. So to be able to get someone that way in the draft and him be on pace with these guys who have actually who have played a lot more snaps than him too is a really nice value to get out of the draft. Um, yeah, so the defense is creating pressure. Jeff Gladney is still looking like a first-round pick. He gets better week after week. Uh, this week on Allen Robinson, he allowed three targets for two receptions and four yards. Um, against Allen Robinson. I don't care who the quarterback is. It's Allen Robinson who you're covering, and he's a really, really good receiver. Don't throw him the ball. That's right. Don't throw it to him in the end zone, whatever you do. Um, (laughs) So it was... It was um, always it's always stressful watching the Vikings play the Bears because it just seems like both teams have never played a football game before. It's just hard to watch those two teams play each other, especially in yeah. Soldier Field when they're playing Minnesota. It looks a little better usually, but in Chicago, it's just it's it's almost not fun to watch. Like <laughs> I, I like almost it's not just, fun. It's actively not fun. Well, it's the only reason it's fun for me to watch is because my team is playing. If it wasn't my team to play, that no. it just it'd be unbearable. Like it's just no. not an entertaining game. No, I'll tell you what. Like I've never been to a Bears Vikings game at Soldier Field. Like it's always been something else. It's never no. been like a Vikings game. I don't want to, but yeah, there we go. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No. I I would not want to do that either. <laughs> um, no, but uh, Kirk got the monkey off his back. Uh, played. He actually played really well yesterday yeah, too. I mean, it was it wasn't just an tries. it wasn't just an okay game. He played very well yesterday against a good defense. Um, so yeah, overall, I mean, a really good game. Uh, I also want to point out that the Bears had negative two yards in the third quarter, um, yeah. and 32 total yards in the second half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was fun to watch. Uh, just kidding. Um, no, but. It was always it's always nice to win a soldier field no matter how good or bad the Bears are and no matter how good or bad the Vikings are. So it's always a good win to get there. Yeah, so the Vikings win that and now AJ we get to talk about the Bears, which has really been you know, outside the Packers winning, watching the last month of the Bears has probably been my favorite part of football. But I mean, you've assuming watched many years of Bears football. Do you think you might be witnessing maybe their worst offense in your lifetime? Like, just like I just feel like I, they can't move the ball at all. Even Jay Cutler, even if you threw three picks, I feel like he moved the ball a bit. It's just it's awful. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely 149 yards in the entire game and 10 first downs, man, and 13 points, dude. That's just anemic. Six points, really. I was going to say. No offensive touchdowns. Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. Six points. Uh, Cordell Patterson is a gem, I guess. I mean, other than the fact that he plays running back, 12 carries and 30 yards. I mean, I don't know what that that is. I mean. That's some Lions numbers. That's crazy. The guy can return 105-yard kickoffs, but can't gain three yards on a rush. Trust me, I know from experience he cannot play wide receiver. Yeah, wasn't it it great to watch him run against the Viking run that (laughs) must have felt? Well, he loves Soldier Field. He's brought back kicks um, as a Viking. Uh, I think back in 2012 or 2013, I can't remember, yep. but he had the same number of yardage um, against the Bears that year, too. So, I mean, he likes Soldier Field a lot, so whole, whole house kicks at Soldier Field. I don't know about on the road, but, um, but yeah, dude, this Bears team, it's just hard to talk about them. It, there's not much, like, to talk about. I mean, like, you know, Cordero Patterson is your highest leading um, running back in terms of carries, 12 carries and 30 yards. Uh, Lamar Miller doesn't get a single carry. He only gets two receptions for six yards. Artavius Pierce, our practice squad running back, gets three carries for nine yards. And Ryan Nall, who gets two carries for zero yards. Ryan Nall, uh, respectable. Ryan Nall. I love Ryan they Nall. Use, I don't know why they didn't use Lamar Miller. Actually, I mean, the, uh, I don't know, man. This is just like, I mean, I, I really think that like, this is my theory and like, um, I really think it's just Matt Nagy's play call sheet, and it, he just gave it to Bill Lazor up there, up there in the booth. <laughs> That's what it looks like. He's yeah, just calling whatever it is. Bill Lazor, the play calling. Yeah, you know what? He probably put on speaking. the sheet instead of saying "be you," which just said it like "be Bill" by parentheses, <laughs> "be me," right. because <laughs> there was no just difference. Just kidding, not really. Because yeah. you saw the same thing. You know, you saw the same thing. thing, and it was, it was shocking. But yeah, there was nothing ahead. different. <laughs> but like to continue, to continue my pain for the last five weeks or four weeks or however long we've been sucking for. I'd say the whole season. Um, converting only two of 11 and two of 11 third downs. This game, that's 18%. Two of 15 against the Titans. So what is that? Two for 29? 26? Four two for, it's really good is what it sounds like to me. It's four for it's 26. This. That is just remarkable. And the Vikings were really good on third down from what I remember, right? Like, yeah. they bought Mike the Zimmer house. always has a good third down defense. Yeah. Zimmer was like, you know, this offensive line is weak, so I'm going to bring eight. You know, I feel confident with Harrison Smith back there for Nick Foles to make a mistake, and he did, you know. Um, he, Anthony Miller, you know, yeah, that's one thing. He's got to catch it, but I think that ball is a little bit too it's behind, maybe. And um, that's a pick right there, and that, that's uh, that was the drive where we got the ball from the Vikings. We got the fumble. We forced it from Kyle Rudolph, and then two plays later, boom, we get right back to him. So it's like, all right, Bears football. I'm going to put the brown bag over my head now. It's just, you know, I don't think there's going to be an improvement in this organization unless the owners, like, say, like, all right, we're going to be completely out of this. You know, and, like, the Lions and the relate to this a lot because the ownership always meddles in with the GM. They all, I think the Vikings do that, too, a little bit. But um, – no, they don't? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so it's just the Lions and Bears um, that just meddle with their GM and, like, restrict him to spend and all that. But then again, it's just... So, but, you know, it, it's funny. You complain that you have an owner, but Packers fans complain we don't have an owner because, you know, yeah. sometimes you need an owner to, to go and make those decisions and have the final say. And when yeah. you have no... I mean, it's cool the Packers aren't owned, but, like... It does bother me that, like, it's like Mark Murphy slash three other people are all making decisions together, and you need a final say. And, yes, but I'm dude. happy it's not Dan Snyder carrying <laughs> us into the yeah. ground, but yeah. if you got a smart owner who knows football, that's kind of ideal. But, yeah, continue. Just pull dude, all the Packers the owners. That's the thing. Like, um, you know, like, I think the Packers are, hurt, um, like, owned by shareholders, but are fans and stuff, so... Like I, don't, you I don't know how that works, but, um, <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, I guess the shareholder ownership and stuff up in there, up there in, um, Lambeau field, but like, I guess, yeah. I mean, but then again, Virginia McCaskey, she's the one that like ha- has all the power in her hands. And like, I don't count on her making the decision. It's more George McCaskey and he's a duttering fool, I think. So, and then you have Ted Phillips who handles the money. And he's been with the team for, like, over 37 years. So it's like, all right, what are we doing here? Like, we always point back to the front office, whether it was in 2007 when we went to the Super Bowl, 
when we when BJ Raji danced in our end zone in 2011. Oh, yeah. uh, when Jay Color broke his thumb in 2012, we were bad the next four or five years. And then 2018, Cody Parkey dinged us. So it's just like, you know, we don't make any improvements to make this team better. Like, after 2019, they didn't really do anything to the offensive line. They didn't like, all right, we need to go get like a premier guard. They signed Jermaine Fetty and just Jason Spriggs. Two people are just utterly trapped. Jermaine Fetty, you couldn't start on a terrible offensive line in Seattle. Oh, wait, boy, it gets better. It gets better, guys. Two seventh round picks. Yeah. Two seventh round picks for what? For the offensive line, dude. So you got two offensive line drafted, offensive linemen drafted in the seventh round, and then two of those people you sounded, Jermaine Fetty and Jason Spriggs. You're not going to get any improvement out of that. That's why Kyle Long was like, you know, that's why he left. He's like, I don't believe in this ownership. I I don't believe in like what Matt Nagy brings to the Bears, and that's why he was ultimately released like he wasn't just released like you're not just going to release one of your best offensive linemen just like that he was released for a purpose so um AJ, i mean not I just the same 10 mil that i that i i've asked um i haven't really asked it's just more of a theory but i brought up to uh max before but obviously year one for naggy was pretty great one coach of the year i think they were at 12 and 4 defense carried him the defense obviously carried him a lot. Absolutely. I mean, they scored. I mean, the defense scored like ten touchdowns. It was absurd. But that, that was a Super Bowl defense. But we wasted. Yeah, that was a Super Bowl defense. But I'm saying. But do you think his attachment to the double doink and just constantly replaying it for his entire team and going and having kickers kick from the 43 yard line at every practice and like just ingraining that play in all the players' minds the whole next offseason, wouldn't you think as a coaching staff you just want to eliminate that from your brain? Like, it seems the opposite. Everything I read, Matt Nagy would, like, open up practice uh, film sessions being like, all right, we can't do this. Like, why do you keep showing this play and, like, killing your team and killing your confidence? I don't know. You think that has anything to do with anything? Or I just don't like Matt Nagy and think he's stupid? (laughs) You know, I think it's option number two. I think this team and this defense and this offense has moved past double doink. I mean, I think that's what you got to do. I mean, you look at what the Denver Broncos did when they got liberated by the Seahawks in 2013. And then a couple of years later, they were like, you know, I'm going to pull off my checkbook and get a couple of defensive stars and win the Super Bowl two years later. So, I mean, that's what the Bears, like, didn't do. But then, then again, when you talk about Matt Nagy, dude, it's just like there was no improvement on his side. You know, like, I get, like, maybe you need players like Tyreek Hill. You need a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. You need a tight end like like uh, Travis Kelsey, right? But then he's not he's not targeting Jimmy Graham or Cole Komet or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, if you want a guy like Travis Kelsey in your offense, at least give him 80 targets a year. Cole Komet has seven targets on a season so far. Well, I mean, let's not call Cole Komet Kelsey, but, but Jimmy – No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, that's no. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not calling. I'm not calling no, him um, Kim Chelsea or anything. In the second round and and using him. Right. Yeah. You when you yeah. draft him in the second round, you use him. Yeah. So it's just like you know all these Bears fans. Like this is where the Bears fan delusionist comes from. They're like, oh, you know, like Reed's got Tyreek Hill. Um, they got Travis Kelsey. They got Byron Pringle. They got Demarcus Robinson. I mean, like, I mean, we got wide receivers too. We got Allen Robinson. We got Anthony Miller. We got Darnell Mooney, who's a speedster. I mean, why doesn't Nagy scheme them to get open? I mean, maybe they are getting open, maybe they aren't, but, you know, our offensive line isn't as good either. I mean, the Vikings were bringing that Wanamanu guy, and he was just breaking through our <laughs> offensive line. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, what is this? This is, this is like the second coming of Everson Griffin or something like that. Like, He's this a guy, bad mother yeah. like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you one thing, though, Jared, though. You got your defensive line – really bullied our offensive front. It was just, it was just like, we were completely lost. And in terms of that, and like that, that comes back to what Eli was saying, coaching. It's just like, it's not so option one that like this team hasn't moved past double doink. They have moved past it. You've got to move past it. You know, you got to, got to put your stuff behind, behind the rear view mirror and move on. You know, I mean, the Packers yeah. have, 
have gone to the playoffs many times and they have lost. I mean, they lost to the Seattle Seahawks by All going right, up. That's, that's yeah. more right, than right, right, I don't right, know right, what right, game right, you're right, talking right, about. My bad, my bad, my bad. But, like, they lost, like, close games like that, yeah. right? But, like, yeah. they, they, they're coming back strong, slinging with 37-year-old yeah, Aaron Rodgers. You need to bounce back better, and that's an yeah. indictment on Matt Nagy's ability yeah. to – And still – He sucks. I mean, <laughs> he's he sucks, you but have to be quotes. able to instill on the Twitter page <laughs> in your team. That's the bottom line. When I look at Matt Nagy on the sidelines, I, I feel like no energy comes off him other exactly. than maybe negative, negative energy. But he's not positive. He's not. It doesn't seem like he coaches people up. He just kind of stands there with like a blank face and just kind of watches everything devolve into. But then, but then, what do you see? What do you see Matt Lafleur doing when Aaron Rodgers threw a seventy-two yard bomb to M- uh, MSV? Goes up there, shoulder taps him on yeah, his head, right? You know, like yeah, no, because at least be Jason Garrett and clap, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, like, all the time. Like, don't stand there with your eyes open, with your bald cap, like looking like this. All right, we <laughs> scored. Should we go for two or should we? Should we kick the field goal? Right, let's go. Let's go for two. Let's go for two, and we'll do a let's pitch. Kick it from the forty-three. Cordell Patterson, eight yeah. yards behind the line of scrimmage. Cordell Patterson, yeah, wildcat baby. Well, Dude, Allen Robinson did not play in short distances. (laughs) And that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Nathan brings up a great point. I mean, Allen Robinson's agent, he voiced on Twitter last night. I don't know if you guys saw Brandon Parker. He was like, he was like, dude. If you're gonna oh, his agent, his agent. His agent. I, I thought you said Alan Rob. Okay, I'm not even. Yeah, go ahead. My bad. <laughs> no, I'm, you I'm talking. Heard. I'm talking. Real, I'm talking real fast here. But yeah. Um, his agent, Brandon Parker. He's like, you know, the Chicago Bears offense is where it is because they don't do much for Allen Robinson. You know, yeah. they don't target him much. You know, if you're gonna, if you have number twelve on your team, why don't you target him at least fifteen to twenty times? You know, that's the thing. You know, again, going back to the whole Matt Nagy play call shit, I think he just, like, FedExed it to his house. Like, Bill, this is the place that you got to call. So that way I'm off the hook. So if we screw up, I'm going to fire you and then tire everyone else. I get to keep my job. That's that's the reason why Matt Nagy gave a play call. Because if yeah, he I kept mean, look, it all the way to week, week 16, he would have been fired. Yeah, and also it's like, let's switch to Bill Lazor from the yeah. phenomenal Bengals offense of the 2010s. Like, the guy's coming off – Jobs yeah. where he coached terrible offenses. Terrible so. offenses. Andy Dalton. Offensive lines, quarterbacks. Andy Dalton, like he exactly. had Joe Mixon. Yeah. Look, I mean, but, as bad as 2020 has been, there's one constant, and that is awful quarterback and coaching out of the Bears, and that makes me happy. That's just, so, that's just normalities here in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, I'm exactly. telling you. That is to be expected. But, yeah. all right, so that, that covers our week. Uh, what was that, week 10? Jeez, yes. it's already week 11. Damn, we're already week 10, and we're going into week 11, dude. Well, Bears so have a bye, so I'm going to watch the press. The Bears don't have a bye? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, Thank you, God. Okay, I'll take it. I mean, I'll, well, I'll preview the Packers game, though, on my side. <laughs> uh, but before be we get to next week's games, uh, we got a couple fan questions. Not a ton, but let's see what we got here. We have one here. <clears throat> from at playoff JJ on Twitter. Uh, this looks like it's for Jared. Will Dallas be a Dalvin game or a Kirk game? Dalvin game. It's always going to, if they can have it be a Dalvin game, it'll be a Dalvin game. And uh, Dallas has one of the worst uh, rushing defenses. So it'll definitely be a Dalvin game, but you'll see, you'll see them pass a lot too. I'm sure. But I think it's going to, they're going to score a lot of points, but it'll definitely be more Dalvin than Kirk. Hey, you guys, um, should, you guys I, should start the hashtag let Dalvin cook. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but You're I, behind I the ball on that one, Nathan. We're way ahead of you. If, if the Vikings were smart, they would do that. Um, AJ, is this you who said why are the Bears the way they are? Okay, can I answer, <laughs> you can answer, I answer your own this? question? Yeah, can I answer this? <laughs> okay. Can I, okay, like, oh, does anyone else want to answer this? Like, No, but I wasn't answer. sure if it's you because I'm not following you. No, it was you. me. I'll yeah, make yeah, sure to give you a follow. Four, right? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's uh, when I saw that question, I got so excited about it, and I didn't even like think to read the name who posted it. But yeah, uh, AJ, <laughs> let me ask you a question: Why are the Bears the way they are? <laughs> <laughs> this comes from AJ Desai. This comes from me on Twitter, I guess. <laughs> Thank you, Split the Pod. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, like they're just just that normal. Okay, so. I'll just give it in two sentences. Two sentences. All right. This team invests in their defenses. 
but don't in their offenses. That's the Chicago Bears organization. Ta-da. Flip, flip the script for the Packers. I've yeah. got an answer. Yeah. But you so, guys have won a Super Bowl, though, off of it. True. So but we had, no, but we had a top-five defense that year. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Jared's and then Aaron Rodgers was slinging 45 touchdowns that year. Yeah, so it actually was a pretty darn good team, man. That was – yeah. Wow. So a few years ago, um, the Bears actually traded up in the draft to get this one guy who sucks. <laughs> Oh, what and they passed on a lot of really good guys. Well, it was a really quarterback, set them back. right? <laughs> yeah. They tried <laughs> to invest insane. in their offense. Oh, yeah. Was, and was, and they messed up. Oh, uh, Nick Foles. Astute right? observation. <laughs> um, yeah, let's just be real. I mean, the Bears are the way they are because three years ago, Ryan yeah. Pace decided to sink yeah. this franchise into the toilet. And you know what the best part of that night is that goes underrated? Like a month before, when they gave Mike Lennon three years, forty-five million, <laughs> which is absurd, and then they bring him to the draft party. Hey, Mike, brand new quarterback, come to the draft party so we could trade up and draft the guy that takes your job in a month. What a bunch of clowns! I mean, that's just the Bears. So that's just much. the Bears organization. You, so I mean, wait, Mike wait, Lennon, guys, guys, hang on. three years, four, three years, forty-five million for Mike Lennon. I wouldn't pay Mike Lennon three years, $45 for uh, whatever. It's the Bears. But all right, so that was a question. We had one more. Um, I truthfully don't know. Jared, is this for you? I mean, yeah, right. Is this a Viking question here from John Lane? Do you know a John Lane and Viking Twitter? Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I mean, it says basically, is the current state of the offensive line anything to write home about? He did not specify a team. Um, and his profile is at Johnny Boy Lane. It doesn't look like he has any. Oh no, he's a Vikings guy. Gross. Um, no. I'd assume that would be for Johnny. Vikings. We appreciate uh, the question. I hope you're listening. And so yeah, Jared, he wants to know what's with this offensive line and why is it so awful. What? Well, hold on a second. Uh, they're playing a lot better. This, uh, the past three weeks, um, especially, um, I mean, you got the Bears. Bears. (laughs) That's, uh, the Bears front seven, who is really good, and they did, they didn't do great against them, but, you know, if we had, like, Drew Samia, who we were really missing this weekend, um, in there, it would have been an absolute nightmare. So it's definitely something to be happy about with, uh, as for Cleveland going into right guard and playing a lot better than anyone we've seen play there uh, since uh, Klein last week he, or last year, he might even be better than Josh Klein last year. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely something to be happy about. Yeah. Can I add uh, something to that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Dalvin Cook is an amazing running back. All you need to do is just give him like that, you know, that that six inches of space and daylight type thing, dude. And that guy can just do wonders. Like I don't they think it's be- offense. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's they should have CJ Ham just yeah. lead blocking every one of his runs. And this Ham like, pull off terrific. a sixty yard run, dude. Yeah, yeah. like it's and so also, easy. I, I think the Vikings, at least last night, they 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 were too they were too horizontal. He's a much better downfield downhill and, runner. Well, and, and the they, he kind of had to. Like, yeah, I mean, he, the Bears he did look, not get holes. It's a good defense, yeah. not easy to run up the middle. Um. Uh, you're going to get pushed against the Dallas Cowboys. Did, did Akeem Hicks ever return to the game? <laughs> AJ? Oh, uh, what's up? Did Akeem Hicks ever return to the game? Uh, the, um, he was ruled out um, with a um, hamstring injury. So he uh, has a strained hamstring now. Uh, in addition to that, um, Dwayne Harris, a guy that we signed like a week ago, he tore his triceps. Is he the dude that fumbled the, the one who muffed yeah. the yeah. yeah, That was, yeah. was awesome. I think he heard it on great, that play, yeah. too. So, he heard it uh, on that play. It was a rough I few seconds. Because that, he, I think he did because he never came back to the game after that. Well, yeah, great addition. Once again, the Bears, you guys are doing really Bears good. So, um, uh, so, so we didn't have a ton of fan questions. Before we jump into next week's game, I guess I had a quick question and just a little roundtable discussion. I mean, without being biased, I think we can all agree the only team in this division that has any shot at a Super Bowl would be the Packers. I doubt I will hear any disagreements. So, so everyone, I guess, let's say outside of Nathan and me, at least to start, 
looking at the Packers team as objective fans in the division, watching them, comparing them to the rest of the NFC, where do you put them amongst the Saints and the Bucks and the and the Seahawks and the Rams and the Cardinals and where where, where would you put them, uh, Max? Because uh, Gerbs, kick us off. Yeah, so I was thinking about this. Um, really, I mean, especially given everything going on right now, you know, Saints are dealing with a Breeze injury. We don't know, like, the full details on that. I think the Packers' schedule is really favorable, and they could just run away with this season in the NFC. I mean, you, you still, like, this, you still have, I mean, the problem is the NFC West are every team in the West except for the Niners are one game behind you. Yeah, and yeah. then you you're tied with Saints and Bucks, so it's it's kind of a, a tough situation. Well, we have but the tiebreaker on the Saints, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I I think I think honestly, I was thinking about it. I think I'd I'd put money down on the Packers being the NFC team in the Super Bowl this year. That would make me very happy. Uh, <laughs> that Jared, hurts to say as a Lions fan, but you know, Jared, how about you? Uh, for you? Where do you see them amongst the rest of the NFC? Um, right now. I gotta put them. I put them at third behind New Orleans and Tampa Bay, just because New Orleans is playing really, really well right now. Um, and then Tampa Bay, they got spanked by them a few weeks ago, so it's hard to put Tampa Bay behind the Packers right now, does, regardless. Does Breeze's injury and potential effect on their end of season record and seeding? I mean, that. I mean, if if Drew Breeze has to go to Lambo, I'm sorry, I do not see us losing because Drew Brees in cold weather in the wind he should be I mean look knowing Mike Patton he'll rush one and a half so you never know but (laughs) I'll take it I'll still take top three um I I agree look if you wanted to make the argument for the Bucs I could hear it uh because they did beat us bad again I thought it was a little bit of a fluky game but the Bucs do have their weaknesses as well and it's shown, and I think one of their biggest, I mean, I know Tom Brady had a great game, but Brady's been very up or down this year, as yeah. is that team. So we'll see how they go, but the Bucks, the Bucks definitely scare me. And AJ, how about you? Uh, your, your opinion on the Packers, where they rank in the NFC right now? You're muted. Muted. <laughs> yes, yes, my bad, guys. Um, but just like Jared said, guys, I mean, like the Packers, um, they're a good team, but like, um, you know, the Saints, uh, they're playing good ball, but I don't know how their record's going to really show up and um, how that really ends up in the last six games with uh, Drew Brees having a punctured lung. I don't, I don't think he maybe plays this Sunday or the following week. I, I don't know. It just depends on what the doctor says. But if he is out, like that, that does throw the Saints um, down a little bit. So that does give the Packers a little room to – you know, grow up to the, um, I mean, they are the number one seed, so just remain the number one seed. And then really the only threat that they have is uh, Tampa Bay, but they already played Tampa Bay. So, I mean, I don't really see the Packers moving in the playoff picture. I think they really just take seed number one, just run with it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely hope you're right. But can we all agree? I mean, for years we wanted to see a Rodgers-Brady Super Bowl. Should have saw it in 2014. We won't talk about that. But an NFC Championship game featuring Brady and Rodgers would be quite fun, I think, for everyone involved, regardless of who you root for. So, so I mean, I guess now, real quick, Nathan, on, in, in a non-biased opinion, where I mean, compared to the rest of the group, where do you stand? I'll put the I'll put the Bucks ahead of them. I just think the Bucks are a little bit more balanced. I trust that. I trust teams with defenses in the playoffs. Yeah, that's um, that's my biggest concern: the defense. For yeah, sure. and that defense has been a little bit iffy. Where like you know they did not show up for the Saints game, but I mean their whole team didn't. And then they weren't that good against the Giants either. And it was yeah. like they had two iffy games in a row. So the and they lost def- the Bears, and they almost lost to the Giants. Yeah, so. the defense has definitely, and just the team in general has definitely shown like any given week they could you know have just a bad game. It's not like they're this ridiculous powerhouse yeah. like they looked like they were against the Packers. But it just does worry me. Like if the Packers played them. It's a team that if if they do anything close to what they did, you know, in week whatever it was that they played us, it's it's trouble because yeah, they're it, aggressive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it would be bad. But I mean, again, look, the Packers got spanked by the Bucks. I'm not sitting here trying to throw that game as a complete anomaly, but 
remove two picks that Aaron Rodgers almost never throws exactly. at a different game. But yeah. um, we're running not too late on time, but let's jump into next week's games and do a quick preview. Um, I know the Packers have the Colts. So let's just kick off right there because that's the only game I know for sure off the top of my head, I think. Oh, well, the Bears have a bye, right? Mm-hmm. So the Bears have a bye. All right, so Packers-Colts, I'll kick us off. Very interesting game because this is the kind of team that that scares me a bit for the Packers. Great defense, great offensive line, doesn't turn the ball over a lot, and should be able to run the ball relatively well against a pretty bad Packers run defense. So the Colts, they're a good team. You know, they're a good coach team. It's not, I don't expect a cake. Like I'm saying, I came in and, it, and the weather changed it as the weekend happened, but I did expect a blowout versus the Jags, even in a dome. I, I mean, I don't expect this to be any kind of cakewalk for the Packers. That being said, I do think they're the better team. I don't think the Colts defense is, is is you know, the, the kind of defense that is unbeatable. It's a good defense, but it's not a just shut down Legion of Boom defense, you know, or the old Niners defense or whatever it was. So I think they could score. And for me, it's going to come down, Nathan, and you could probably remember, basically the same thing as last year versus the Chargers. They brought no pressure on Rivers. They didn't sack him. They didn't pick him. And they ran all over us. Phillip Rivers, I'm pretty sure that my bear right now has more mobility than Phillip Rivers in the zero legs that even that it has. Okay, I mean, you blitz him. You blitz Phillip Rivers. He has no arm strength. You blitz him. You sack him. Or he tosses up a duck and you pick it off. I'm not, I love Philip Rivers, but that's where he is in his career. You blitz him, you will beat him. If you let him stand there, he'll carve you up because he's still accurate enough to do that. So plain and simple, I don't think it's it's up to the Packers defense. You blitz Rivers, you pressure him, you do your the best you can against the run. But most of all, I think if they're bringing consistent pressure on Rivers, it'll lead to turnovers and then the game can really go the Packers' way. And offensively, they might not go out and score 40 or, or even 30, but they can have a good game. I want Aaron Jones more involved. I want, obviously, a ton of targets for Devontae Adams, and obviously I'm very excited about Alan Lazard possibly returning. And a quick score prediction uh, in Indianapolis, I think it's going to be another tight game. I'm going to go 28-20, Packers. Um, and then Nathan, I guess, uh, go ahead with the Packers and we'll move on to yeah. the next. Yeah, just really quick. I'll, I'll be quick. Um, yeah, on both sides of the ball, like you said, I think it's a telling game. You can see on defense, are they going to continue to be, you know, kind of stubborn and not do, not change things up, not bring pressure that they should be bringing? Or are they going to just be aggressive, be physical, not be as soft as they have been, you know, so far this season against a guy, like you said, no mobility, pressure him, like, force turnovers, force stuff to happen rather than just sitting back and letting them, you know, kind of just dictate whatever they want to do. So, and then on offense, one of the better defenses we're going to play this year, I think they're top five, I'd say, ish, um, you know, borderline elite defense. So I'm excited to see, you know, how our offense looks against that because last time we played a really good defense was the Bucks, And we, you know, again, it, we started off well, but then those picks threw us out of rhythm and, you know, we struggled a ton. But, I, I am expecting the offense to be able to, you know, not not look, like you said, as good as they have been, but still play fine. I'm hoping the defense can step up, force a couple turnovers, and um, I'll go 30-27. I think it's going to be a close one, but I'll I'll put the Packers um, winning a tight game. All right, I'll definitely take that. And, um, Gerbs, who do the Lions get this week? I feel like I know Carolina Washington. Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, we played Washington last week. Carolina Panthers this week. Um, this is going to be – I mean, if the Lions lose this one, it's the absolute end of everyone in that organization. Why? Carolina, They're better than the Redskins. But Carolina's going to be down McCaffrey and potentially Teddy Bridgewater. That's true. So once oh, that's you're right, down – yeah. I forgot Teddy's hurt. Yeah, Teddy's hurt. So, I mean, he's supposed to return to – he's expected to return to practice tomorrow, but that's not a done deal. So we're looking at the fact that the Lions might be going up against a team. And, I mean, Mike Davis is still a really good weapon for them, but without Teddy, they're relying on Will Greer, who was bad last it's year. Not, it's <laughs> not going to be Will Greer. I saw almost certainly it's going to be P.J. Walker, who if for I'm real. not 
Miss Houston Roughnecks the legend. A- the AAFL, what was it called? The AAFL. Yeah, yeah. Yo, this dude's going to run all over the lines, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Walker. Houston Rough Riders, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. PJ Walker, I believe. The oh, the Lions. I don't know. I mean, PJ Walker. We're going to lose to PJ Walker. That's so Lions y. Well, I mean, yeah, we we had that, uh, who is it, the Matt Flynn game that one time in Green Bay. Uh, so. Well, Matt Flynn's a legend, and that's not even a question. I mean, he's a GOAT. He's hey. a GOAT backup. Aaron so, Rodgers, system QB confirmed. <laughs> Got him. But, yeah, so this game, if the Lions, I mean, if Teddy's out, which, I like, I have a real big gut feeling he will be. I, I, I don't know. And, like, we know McCaffrey's going to be out. I think the Lions have a real chance of getting a win here. I mean, the uh, Panthers, they don't Where's have the worst the defense. What? Where's the game? Um, Michigan or it's at, uh, it's at Carolina. Okay. Well, by the way, you didn't mention, and I, didn't, I should have mentioned this, you saw the report that he does have a torn ligament in his thumb, Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah, that is. But the x-rays came back fine. He, no, he's I mean, he'll, he'll push through it because he's a beast, but yeah. he, did, he does have... In his throwing hand, a torn ligament in his thumb, you know, that, that could be problematic. Now we got DeAndre Swift, so <laughs> doesn't matter too much to me. Um, but, I mean, the Panthers have lost five in a row. And especially last week, they lost by tw- they lost 46 to 23 last week. And, yeah, it was against Tom Brady. But, like. Hey, they almost beat the Chiefs, though, the week before. Yeah. yeah. But they still have lost five in a row. So, I. Gotta get the dub. I'm, I'm I'm saying the Lions. I'm gonna I'm I'm even gonna like commit to saying the Lions will win this one. Um, oh. I think it's gonna be a 31-13. I think Stafford. That's it doesn't. Wow. We've seen Ooh. Stafford be hurt and still ball out. I think this will be that. Uh, the offense. Wait, what did you say the score would be? 31-13 Lions. Okay. Four touchdowns and a field goal for us. I think PJ Walker alone is gonna score 14 points with his legs, but. We'll see. We'll see how that Mike goes. Mike Davis, man, don't sleep on him. Yeah, no. Look, Mike Davis, Mike Davis. is. I mean, he looks like the like chubbiest, most unathletic running back in the league, but he makes plays. So what are you yeah. gonna do? Then you find out their offense isn't about McCaffrey. It's about like any running back. It see, by like the way, you know play. that's a quick point. And I guess at this point, it doesn't matter so much for Jared because he already paid Dalvin Cook. But for the Packers and Aaron Jones, oh, uh, I should have said this right to start the show. David Bakhtiari, highest paid offensive lineman in NFL oh, history. Yes. That's right. Deserved every single penny of it. David Bakhtiari is a star, and I am very happy for him that he got that contract. And I am very happy that he will be a Green Bay Packer for the next four plus years. So that's awesome. But I lost my complete train of thought because I jumped running into Bakhtiari. What? Running, running back. Pain running back. Oh, yeah, pay running back. See, no, but look, you know, McCaffrey goes out, and yes, Davis is a McCaffrey, but he went out there and was pretty damn good. He was getting 100-plus yards. He was scoring one or two touchdowns. So you got to sit here and wonder. I mean, look, at this point right now, you know, yes or no answer, Nathan, at week 11, you pay Aaron Jones $10 no. million a lesser year or no? No. No. I mean, you've been you've been pretty no the whole time. But that yeah, means I, I assume I, you, bring, you bring back Jamal? Yeah, I, I yeah, I'd bring back Jamal. It, for much don't you think obviously. him and AJ Dillon are, are too similar to like it's not like a one two punch. It's just it's more of the same. Yeah, like, but I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if you need that, you know. No, we'll see. I mean of, I think number one, doing this Bakhtiari deal now frees up cap space for next year, which was a part of it. Number two, I think Kevin King's absence from playing has probably removed him from getting signed, so they're just taking him off the books. Yeah. So that will help. But let's be real. Corey Lindsley has played himself into a position where they must extend him, in my opinion. Corey Lindsley is the number one center in the NFL. He's been doing it for years. He doesn't get hurt. And a center-quarterback connection, it means something. And you don't yeah. want Rodgers and at 37 to have a new center who might be a rookie and whatever, but um, yeah, sorry, we got sidetracked there to Bakhtiari and that, but but Jared, um, I don't even know who the Vikings are playing this week. They're playing Cowboys. Ooh, wow! Might as well just just stay at home. Where's the game? Uh, in Minnesota. Wow, this should be fun. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to start it off by saying that Dalvin's going to go for over 200 yards on the ground. Um, and I'd say Kirk has at least 250 in the air. Um, and then Zeke having his worst season of his career. Um, and then you have Andy Dalton, who's just not been good at all for them this year at all. Uh, and so they got to continue to create pressure. Their offensive line isn't very good either like they've had in the past. Um, they're both their wins this season have been by a total of four points. They beat the uh, Falcons by one and they beat the Giants by three. Uh, so I just, I see there's, I if they lose this, I'm going to really upset. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to say that uh, Vikings are going to win 38 to 17. 38-17 over the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> no reason. That, but is Dalton going to be the starter? Is that confirmed? Yeah, he's back because he got off the COVID list, and then he's got right, I mean, his concussion. Look, that's I, I do expect the Vikings to win, but that, to me, is pretty meaningful. I, I think he, with, the, with the weapons on that team, he's more than competent enough as a game manager to keep them in it. But in Minnesota, it doesn't help. Zeke hasn't been great. I mean, I expect the Vikings to win, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm getting some red rifle vibes, and I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. Um, uh, so that's yeah. So again, the Bears have a bye week, but who are they playing after the bye? I mean, I guess I should say you who they're losing to. Oh, losing to us. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna lose to you guys probably. Um, six, guys. I believe it's a Sunday night game, which is gonna yeah, be. Can we, can we get flex it? I know. Can we put someone else there? Like, why do we? We don't need more Bears games in prime time. Hello, that just one prime time game a season. That week at 325, they have Bucks Chiefs. Flex that to Sunday night and put the Packers at at either 325 or noon because I hate prime time. I don't have patience. I get nervous all day. I just want it to be done with. Truth is, no I don't even like 325. Dude. I get nervous for those, too. Exactly. If it was up to me, the Packers would play at noon every week. No yeah. doubt. I don't, I don't get how they don't have that game in prime time to begin it's with. It's shocking. It's very – it's so stupid. Like, they thought, you know what, let's flex the Packers to 325 versus the Colts, but let's not flex the Bucks Chiefs like, to, to prime time. I don't, what, but like it is Bears, Brady, it's Bears-Packers, though. I mean – even even if the Bears were 0-9, Bears-Packers would still get a shit ton of views. So I guess it makes somewhat sense. But all right, so good. At least we get to well, know the Bears. So, so real quick, question for AJ. Are the Bears going to win or lose the bye week? <laughs> well, look, I'll tell you what. The Bears, historically, they come out worse than they play week to week. But if they come, like, come out with rested, they're even worse. So... <laughs> We have so many injuries, so technically we are losing the bye week right now. Like I, I really hope that we get some guys back. But if we don't, and if we don't change anything, it's a hell. I mean, like, nothing, nothing's gonna happen. We're not gonna do anything. We're like, I don't know. Like, probably Eric Cush might be like elevated from the COVID list, and then he's playing guard next next week against the Packers, which doesn't matter because Mike Pettin, he's gonna bring his <laughs> Darius Smith and Preston, Preston right. Press, yeah. yeah, but just yeah. those two. He will not bring anyone more than but those still, two. Dude, that's but still, dude, that's Have you seen Charles Leno and Bobby Massey? That's like, oh, this is a piece of cake. Whoop. Nick Foles, <laughs> what up, boy? Um, but yeah. Um, but to answer your question, Max, fuck. Sorry, guys. <laughs> language. Wow, never heard that before. Yeah, um, that's a new one. Yeah, we we are we're just I don't know, man. Like, like we were five and one, but I knew, dude, that was an inferior ass record, dude. That was just not even like, you, like when the Seahawks were five and one, dude. You don't look at the Bears when they were five and one and be like, oh, this team is like the Seahawks or the Packers. It looked like the Jets or the Falcons <laughs> with a glorified yeah. record, dude. So you know, it's just like again, so much delusional. Yeah, but look, I don't want to sound hypocritical because, you know, the Packers last year were called, you know, the most fraudulent 13-3 team ever. Wasn't me. And then, 
Yeah, and then Packer fans got yelled at when they said the Bears were fraudulent five and one. But they, they're so different; it's unbelievable. I mean, the Bears won very, a game by DeAndre Swift forgetting that he ever yeah. played football in his life. They beat the Falcons, who at that point shouldn't even belong in the NFL. And yeah. then, and then, yeah, you had the one good win against the Bucks. But either way, that's it, dude. We should be one and nine right now. That would be very fun for me, but or that's not the time. case. But, <laughs> but like, um. That's- that that covers last week's show, the fan questions, including AJ's wonderful Why Are the Bears Who They Are Because They're Trash. Um, <laughs> and then we preview next week's games. And, yeah, guys, week 11, only, what, six more regular season weeks. Enjoy every minute of it, unless you're anyone other than a Packer fan. They'll probably <laughs> suck. Um, got 10 more games or nine more games, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's going to be a lot more for the rest of you guys. Just get your couches ready. Um, yeah, that, that covers this week's show. Everybody, before we head out, obviously go to Twitter, follow the podcast at split div pod. You can follow Gerbs at max Gerbs, Jared at Jared bars, NFL, Nathan at Nathan Marzion, AJ at, I think AJ Desai, right? Yeah, four at the end. AJ decided four. Yep. And then myself at Book of Eli underscore NFL. Thank you to everyone who watched and sent in questions, and we'll see you all next week.